Good morning. You are listening to Action Line on KNY. I am your host, Jordan Lewis, and joining me from Docks and Harbors, I have Carl Yucatel and Matthew Cresswell. See, I didn't mess, remember, forget your name this time, Matthew. <laughs> that was a problem last time. Morning. How, you, how you both doing? Great, Jordan. Thanks for having us, as always. Thank you, Jordan. All right, now, so what's been going on with you guys lately? I mean, there's been a lot. I know that for sure, because I also have uh, the newsletter here, and I will admit I got a bit of a chuckle when it says, I'll start out with the good news, a bad news update. Yeah, so I think that, that, that the top of the uh, newsletter talked about Aurora Phase 3. So Aurora Phase 3, uh, we've been pursuing uh, a DOT Harbor grant for four years, maybe five years now. We finally got it last July, and we're in the process of awarding it now uh, to Tricana Construction. And the, that's the good news, that after many years of perseverance and saving our money, we've got money for a $4 million project. Uh, the bad news is that the cost escalation, um, supply chain limitations, and staffing issues is we're only, we're only going to be able to award a base bid. So what we're going to get for $4.2 million is a single main float, and stalls for 60-foot vessels. And so the, it's not the end of the world. We just had hoped that we'd have more uh, infrastructure with uh, 4.2 million. Um, we, we'll still be able to use side ties on the other side of the, the floats, and we'll have electrical and water, so that's all good. But uh, when we did the forensics of how much it costs, um, essentially it's uh, twice per square foot cost of float that we paid just in 2020 for out at Statter Harbor, which is essentially the same float, twice that, um, and then three times we paid just in 2017 for the second phase of Aurora Harbor. So things are just costing a lot more. Hopefully we're peaking here, um, but that's the good news, bad news, and um, we, we hope to, what well, we, not hope, we will have something in place for next summer. Um, again, constant um, improvements throughout the harbors next, by next May. Okay, I was going to see, because I noticed that you even said here that in summary, uh, the bids for the project were about 33% above the estimate, and that's what resulted in it having to scale it back. That's correct. And so we, we didn't even have enough money for the base bid. We had to go back to the assembly, move some more money from our savings account, which is called our fund balance, to have enough just to make the award. But um, that that's that process is in place. And um, so, yeah, it's it's not ideal, but, uh, you know, we're, we're leaning forward and we're going to we are going to fill the north end of Aurora um, little by little. As I always say, any amount of progress is still progress. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. And so I also see, uh, among other things of there, like how the electrical system is about 25% of that base bid amount. Yeah, that's interesting. So, uh, so we... Another, you know, when we did the forensics, we looked at the electrical costs. And the electrical costs are seven times... Um, well, we paid for a similar square linear foot value for Statter Harbor in 2020. So seven times what we were paying just three years ago. And what I, we were told by the electrical contractors and the suppliers is copper has quadrupled in cost since the, uh, the pandemic. So it's just, you know, we know that we have to put electrical systems in our harbors. I mean, that's a no-brainer. 
Um, we do so also knowing that Docks and Harbors will never recapitalize that money because um, the electrical systems throughout the country, but specifically in, in Alaska, is regulated by the uh, Regulatory Commission. And um, we, we install it, we will invest in it, but the ALMP is, they meter it, and they're the only ones that can really um, sell the power. We can't sell power to the, our customers. So we, we need to do it. It's one of those things where we hold our nose and do it. And um, we know that the customers need it and want it. But uh, really, the, uh, the beneficiaries are the customers and ALMP. Gotcha. It's one of those things where it's like, you may, it may not be what we'd like to do, but it's what we have to do. Gotcha. Another thing I have on here is actually because the regular board meeting is tomorrow, is the harbor rate increase in doing that uh, public outreach work. Okay, yeah, so 9%. Um, we, had a, uh, we had an engineering company last year, 2022, um, put together a rate study for us, and their recommendation was to uh, raise the rates 9% across both the harbor enterprise and the port enterprise. And so uh, we've done a couple uh, community outreach meetings, and then that last week's Docks and Harbors Operations Committee meeting, the board um, moved a position which said that we will increase the rates 9% commencing January 2024. They could have spread it out over several years, um, or they could have just said we're not going to do it, but the, the, uh, the motion was 9% starting in January. And so the process moving forward, the board will again reaffirm what was moved last week, tomorrow. And then our plan is um, we'll continue our outreach. We're going to do some, we'll, we'll put together a little trifold explaining what we're, trying, what we're trying to accomplish with the rate increase. And then no other action will be taken until August. And then in August, um, assuming there's no changes from tomorrow's meeting, they will move up a, a, or direct staff to put together the, the requisite 21-day um, public notice period. So it's we're being very deliberate in making sure that the, everybody has the opportunity to hear what we're doing. So it'll be August, um, direct staff to notice that we're doing, and there'll be newspaper notices and um, other required publications, and then in probably September we'll have a public hearing, and then depending on the public hearing, then it'll go to the assembly for their action. So there's other other steps, but we're just trying to be as transparent as humanly possible and make sure people know what we're doing. Gotcha. And that transparency is very, always very important for establishing trust with, you know, with the people that you're meant to help and serve, you know. Yeah, it's not lost on us that, you know, you know, trust in government at all levels is probably at an all-time low. And we want to be that organization. We want to be that government entity that uh, um, instills trust in, in the people we serve. Gotcha. And then uh, I do notice on a little note here, and I'll read that out, that if you do want to contact Oxen Harbor's board with any concerns or recommendations, that is harborboard at juno.org. So if they have any, con if you listening there have any concerns or recommendations, specifically, I guess, in the circumstance in relation to the rate increase, but I also think that applies generally, that is the email for that. 
Okay. And now, Matthew, I understand there was something you wanted to talk to me a bit about, and we have about two minutes in this first half, but we can start talking about it. All right. Thank you, Jordan. Yeah, I just wanted to remind everyone that uh, several months ago, our, we went through and did a cleanup of regulations, and one of the things that was cleaned up and added was if, if you're a liveaboard vessel, if you have a liveaboard vessel, it's fine for the owner of the vessel to, to live aboard. They still have to register. But if you plan on uh, renting your vessel out for someone to live on, the change that we made was that it requires there, – there's no short-term rentals anymore. If you want to rent your vessel out, you need to do so for a minimum of six months. And the harbor office requires a copy of that contract or lease with the person renting the boat. And that will then trigger uh, us to go into our standard process of before a boat is certified as a liveaboard. Our staff will go down and inspect the marine sanitation device, i.e. the toilet, and make sure that that vessel has a Coast Guard approved type 1, 2, or 3 marine sanitation device. And that it's in compliance with all of the other regulations for the harbor. So we still allow liveaboards. We haven't taken any of that away. We just we, we tightened up on the... Uh, the length that a boat can be uh, a liveaboard, just making sure that folks are actually signing long-term leases and we don't have a revolving door of people in and out of the harbors. Um, just another another step in making sure that we know what's going on in the harbors and we want to make the harbors safe for everyone. Okay. I'd actually been curious about that because one, uh, one of my sort of longer-term goals would be to have a boat and I could live on if I ever retire. That's the t- I'm a little early to talk about retirement, but it's still kind of one of those things on my mind. Well, we are going to be going into our break here in just a moment, but when we come back, I'll talk to you both uh, a little bit more. I know we have some board openings with the Harbor Board, and then we also have you know summer hour operations and a couple of other things to talk about. So we will have plenty to discuss. You are listening to Action Line on KINY. Welcome back to Action Line. I am still your host, Jordan Lewis. And joining from Docks and Harbors, I have Carl Yucatel and Matthew Cresswell. Now, Matt, you had a few more things you wanted to talk to me about before we went into the break. So where would you like to start with those? Hey, Jordan, a couple other quick things, um, too, that I can think of right now is uh, when I was talking earlier about some uh, regulation cleanup that we did, one of the things that we uh, made a change to for everybody's memory that that goes in and out of statter harbor and Auk bay that that facility is designed as a transient harbor with the exception of a float and b float that has reserved moorage stalls um we've over the especially through the pandemic we were able to be a little lenient on the 10-day move rule in statter harbor in the transient areas all vessels are required to move under their own power every 10 days and the reason for that is that's such a busy harbor that we need to make sure that everyone that's using the harbor has a chance to find a space and it discourages folks from tying their boat up and leaving them all summer and not you know when they get a good space and not not leaving that so what we did is this year we're enforcing the 10-day move regulation and if your vessel doesn't move every 10 days it essentially you are forfeiting your right to have monthly moorage which is at a heavily discounted rate and you will be charged the daily rate for moorage if you're not moving your vessel every 10 days our staff goes around every morning they do the dock checks and they're able to keep track of which boats have and have not moved so just want to get that out there everybody that has boats in Statter harbor receive letters and emails that that was being uh enforced this year and overall it's been been pretty good feedback most folks are moving their boats as as designed so we'll be working on that through the summer 
Okay. And then I know I mentioned uh, before the break that I wanted to talk about the hours of operations. How are we looking moving into our summer hours? Yeah, Jordan. So we are back to our normal summertime ops since they were pre-pandemic. We are uh, the Statter Harbor office out in Oak Bay is now open seven days a week, Monday through Friday. It's open from 8 to 5 p.m. And on the weekend, it's open from 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. What we've done this year in the downtown Harbor office at Aurora Harbor, we've added Saturdays to that schedule. So now folks can come in on their day off if they need to do any business with the Harbor. The Harbor office will be open at least through Labor Day from uh, 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. on Saturdays. It will be closed down there on Sundays. And we are operating our uh, port field office behind the tram there for cruise ship operations and yacht operations. There is staff at that office and, and in that facility seven days a week from five in the morning until after midnight. So we are running full speed ahead and uh, things are really busy and we're opening our offices to make sure that people have more opportunities to come in and, and conduct business with the harbor. If I may just segue to what um, Matt was just um espousing is we're also still looking for folks we've mm-hmm. we've got uh, admin um admin assistant positions that are still need to be filled so the ability for us to remain open extended hours is due to um admin assistance that uh, and so we do have those uh, we have a job posting for that as well as our part-time limited uh downtown cruise ship dock workers so um if you go to the juno Juno uh, juno.org website and under um the uh, hr pull down you, you'll find those those opportunities for uh um, for employment. Okay. And now I want to move into some other sort of fun, positive news, because I also know that two big sort of projects got finished up over this last month. First up, the new Stetter Harbor bathrooms. Those are done. No, I, I got to correct you on that. Oh, uh, correct you, me. You're, you're reading the, the newsletter, and we had really anticipated having it um, open. Um, we had hoped to have a, a ribbon cutting last Friday. That didn't happen. Oh. So they were... They've been delayed. They've making really good progress, but the, the the winter really set them back, and so we're looking at a um, ribbon cutting on the 16th of June now. So we'll invite the Statter family to the event, and we'll have a customer appreciation cookout afterwards. But we're looking at uh, um, Friday the 16th for that. And it's a it's going to be a really very nice uh, facility for uh, for both the. Uh, the cruise uh, industry as well as locals that uh, use the launch ramp. So we're very pleased with how things are going. It's just, um, we're just a little bit delayed. Okay. Well, I appreciate you correcting me on that. It also shows, yes, I am fallible. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Jordan, real quick um, on that same topic is we are, being that we're delayed a little bit, and that is the primary point for passengers to come for whale watching, Lots of buses coming in and out of that facility. We've had to make some changes, temporary changes this year with how they come in and enter through the launch ramp and drop off in the gravel parking area. And we just ask our uh, the, the people, you know, to have a little patience with us as we work through this delay in the uh, construction a bit. We're still moving everything in and out of there. We have staff on site, marshal and traffic, but it's just a little different from what folks have seen in past years. And uh, hopefully very soon we'll be back normal operations and uh, able to deconflict with uh, buses and launch ramp users. Okay. 
Well, this one I know is done because I wasn't able to go to this, unfortunately, but I do know that it happened, which is at the Marine Park Deck Over Project that finished up and there was the ribbon cutting on the 15th there. I was unfortunately not able to come down. I was very busy here in the office, but how did that go? That was great. Yeah, thanks for asking. So on the 15th of May, which is the first day of National Infrastructure Week, we did have a ribbon cutting ceremony there and uh, Tricano Construction was there as well as the members of the public and my staff and so we did broke broke out the big scissors but yeah it was a 2.5 million dollar construction project that is really ties in nicely along the seawalk and just right into marine park and so um i think i mentioned this on the on the on your show previously but i was it was always a good project but i think it's it's a great project after it's been um, completed, just how it makes things flow so much nicer along the, uh, along the seawalk. Gotcha. And that's, what I was, and that's always the hope with projects like that is to make things not only just smoother, maybe even aesthetically pleasing. That's always another big one you got to think about sometimes. And now before I forget, because I know I mentioned it, there are also openings with the Harbor Board. Would you like to talk about that? That's right. So um, we have essentially four um, board openings two of which are incumbents who probably will re- reapply, um, but certainly we, there, are, um, un- there will be unfilled openings this year for the Docks and Arbor's board. Uh, the, uh, we're just looking for you know, responsible members of the community that have an interest in um, uh, the waterfront, and really there's no set uh, you know, qualification, just a, a willingness to, to attend meetings and prepare for a meeting, and um, uh, and ho- hopefully not be a single issue voter um, is what I ask for. But uh, certainly uh, the assembly will interview and, and make appointments. But th- those applications are due um, May 31st. So more information uh, either on the Docks and Harbors Tideline, which is our uh, monthly newsletter, or at uh, Juno.org and go to the clerk's uh, pull-down menu. Okay. And then just to further remind folks, that means your deadline is next week. So if you want to try to get on the board, you got to do that quickly. You can't you can't put that to the last minute as I know some of us often do here in Juno. I am not I am not I'm also guilty of that. I'll put it that way. I'm I'm not like I say, I'm not I'm not infallible. <laughs> well, I do want to open the floor. Is there anything else that you both would like to discuss that maybe I haven't asked you about yet? Hey, Jordan. One thing is we're uh, kind of the, the official kickoff of summer boating season is, is really this weekend, Memorial Day weekend. And I just want to take a minute and remind everybody a lot of a lot of people's boats have been sitting through the winter and they, you know, things on boats that sit tend to break and uh, things get taken off vessels in the driveway during the winter. Safety equipment. Just want to remind everybody to really think about safety when they're on the water. Do a good check. Take a good shakedown cruise on your vessel. Contact the Coast Guard Auxiliary if you'd like to have a voluntary safety inspection done. I know they've done several of those at Amalga Harbor, Western Auto, different places around town. But as we are really get into the summer boating season and the unpredictable weather and conditions in southeast Alaska, it is imperative that folks are prepared for any emergency. And uh, they file float plans with, with a trusted person when they leave. So that's my plug for boating safety for today. You always need a you always need a safety plug. You <laughs> always need a safety plug. And then Carl, you got anything for me? Just we continue. We probably just scratch the surface of everything going on with docks and harbors. But uh, certainly, I want to encourage the public to stay informed on what we what 
staff and bo- the board is doing on a day-to-day, well, I won't say day-to-day, month-to-month basis because we got a lot going on. Oh, yes. And with all those things going on, it's tricky to keep track of it all sometimes. I can say that from experience of having to do that. It can be quite a bit. Now, I want to thank you both for coming on. It's always interesting to hear what's going on at Docks and Harbors. I also need to head down there. I think I might do that this afternoon. That does not mean you should come find me if you are listening to the show. I don't advise that course of action. <laughs> but, I mean, if you do see me, you see me. Anyway, well, Carl, Matthew, I'd like to thank you both for coming on. Thanks thank for having us, Jordan. Jordan. All righty. You have been listening to Action Line on KINY.